in the hearts of men. <laughs> the shadow knows. This week on Young Nostalgia, we are the shadow. Let's take a look. Fabulous week of Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me, and it's so good to be back with episode 78, talking about the radio drama The Shadow. We've been talking about it for a little while, but a couple weeks late, but we're finally finishing out our October <laughs> uh, miniseries of radio dramas. Last week was a complete high, having uh, Ben and Kyle all in the same room with me in Lincoln, Nebraska. We weren't 800 miles away, but now we are. Ben, how are you doing today, big guy? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty good. By room, don't you mean studio? Studio. Professional uh, quality grade studio. A, <laughs> grade A studio <laughs> designed by Chip and Joanna from HGTVs or is it DIY Networks, whatever would, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, they're great. It's so good to be here. Um, quick shout out to all the veterans out there. Today we're actually recording on Veterans Day, and Ben and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone that is serving and has served our country throughout the years to bring um, you know, freedom to this land and you know, allow us to podcast like this every week um, and come across as idiots because you know what? <laughs> it's our it's our right to be able to. So it's good to be back. Um, what have you been up to, man? Uh, how was the recouping after the long drive to and from uh, Nebraska? <clears throat> that I I spend a lot of time on the road, but that was one of <laughs> the longest drives. <laughs> I have. I mean, I guess total time it wasn't, but it just it, it's so monotonous. The drive to Nebraska. It's, I mean, it's well, it was well worth the trip. Don't get me wrong. It was Aww. fantastic. But that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> it would be so much better if I could just like warp speed there. <laughs> right. We'll see if that, if that was it, then we'd record in the same, the same studio every week. Uh, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, no, but no, the, the recoup wasn't bad. Got to bed kind of late that night and I had to be at work, uh, first thing in the morning. So that kind of sucked. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. We kind of we kind of dialed down the uh uh destruction of livers, you know, that night before. So <laughs> Yeah, cuz we we were we were anticipating what was about to come that next day. <laughs> right, right, cuz you know, so. both Kyle and I had to work the next day after returning home, so we we wanted to be in as good a shape as we possibly could have been. Right. And it was so good to see you guys here, man. It, it really meant a lot for you guys to come out here. And Kyle is always an amazing guest. And we hope that you enjoyed the special episode that we put out to you guys uh, last week. But it's good to be back um, to the regular routine of Young Nostalgia. And again, we just wanted to say uh, recently we have been getting just a lot a lot of you know shout outs and support from the fans out there. And it really, really means a ton to see this show grow as it has and really do what you can to just share the word and let us know what you really like as well with us and your friends. Uh, you can find us at Young Nostalgia, Young 
underscore nostalgia at uh, Twitter on, on Twitter and then you can find us on Facebook as well and uh, wherever you listen please give us a five star review and write a little note about what you enjoy um, especially on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts I know we have a big bulk of listeners on there it would be amazing to see what you guys think um, so I guess we should probably just jump into it because uh, you know what let's bring let's bring what the people want to hear absolute nonsense let's do it we are going to talk about the shadow radio drama it's good to hear that transition again we haven't been able to use it in a little yeah while. we haven't it's used good it to be back. <laughs> um, so it. the shadow oh no. <laughs> hey <laughs> at least we do it together the shadow radio program um i'll do a brief little overview for this first paragraph and then uh Actually, I'll, I'll just do the br- the brief overview, and then you can start with Radio Drama okay. Origins. How's that yeah, sound? Let us just plan out this show, you know, <laughs> live. <laughs> live. <laughs> Trust me, we're organized. Okay, the Shadow Radio Program. Uh, the Shadow is the name of a collection of serialized dramas, originally in the 1930s, pulp novels, and then in a wide variety of shadow media throughout the decades. One of the most famous adventure heroes of the 20th century in North America, The Shadow has been featured on the radio in long-running pulp magazine series in American comic books, comic strips, television, serials, video games, and at least five feature films. Five feature films, which is actually kind of crazy. It's really cool to kind of read about it and learn how widespread the shadow actually was. So the radio drama included episodes voiced by Orson Welles himself, which I thought was really neat. Yeah, that's that's something I did not know. I knew the shadow was extremely popular and it could be found in a lot of different uh, mediums, but I was not aware that uh, that Orson Welles did a lot of the... the uh, Voices, voiceovers. I didn't, I didn't either. And, and obviously, the you know a lot of the the time that Orson Welles was doing this was before um, War of the Worlds was put out to the public too. So this was kind of like his start. And I feel like just because of the name that he made for himself made War of the Worlds that much more impactful. But it was kind of cool to see his name pop up in this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think he was. I, I can't remember. I think we talk about it a little bit later. But I think he was extremely young too. Um, really, really Absolutely. early in his. Uh, I guess I don't really know what to call it. his broadcasting career, his voice acting career. Right. Um, and we get into it a little bit later down. Mm-hmm. But if you guys like just Google the shadow cast or shadow Orson Welles and just look at the images, it's crazy to see those cool images like of uh, him and the creator together, mm-hmm. um, you know, like in recording studios or, or what have you. It was cool to see that. So. The Shadow as a character debuted back on July 31st, 1930 as the mysterious narrator of the radio program Detective Story Hour. So he wasn't necessarily like a protagonist or a hero at this time. It was just known as the narrator of the show, which was developed to boost sales of Street and Smith's monthly pulp detective story magazine. Um, When listeners of the program began asking at newsstands for the copies of quote unquote that shadow detective magazine <laughs> they kind of understood that you know the shadow as a narrator was becoming what the show was known for so street and smith decided to just create a magazine based on the shadow itself and hired gibson to create a character concept to fight uh, to fit the name and the voice and to write a story featuring him the shadow itself 
Um, the shadow character development would change over time, but its appearance would largely stay the same, whether it be in radio or television or film. As depicted in the pulp magazines, the shadow wore a, a wide-brimmed black hat and a black crimson-lined coat with an upturned collar over a standard black business suit. In the 1940s comic books, the later comic book series, and the 1994 film starring Alec Baldwin, out of all people, <laughs> um, he wore either the black hat or a wide-brimmed black fedora and a crimson scarf um, just below his nose and across the mouth and chin. So he was kind of, you know, obviously like shrouded in black, kind of this weird, mysterious character that it would be hard to understand, you know, what he was up to or, you know, is he good? Is he bad? Just something that blurred the lines. So and I think, you know, even like his appearance as the shadow, uh, like that is so iconic in a way, you know. Of like a weird vigilante type, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we even get to it in the end of the in the end of the series. But you know, you think of like V for V for Vendetta or Batman, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff where it's like mysterious and dark, and you don't know what side of the law that they lie on. Right, and even, I mean, even the name is so, you know, just such a short and simple name. The shadow is so descriptive on uh, the character just by itself, without even the. Uh, you know, illustration of the comic books or the comics um, you know you just it has the the shadow has such a just uh, mysterious tone to it um, and you see that like you were talking about how you don't necessarily know what side they're on I mean if, if you're a fan of the show you obviously know he's working for good but you know it's kind of a it just adds that element of mystery that you know the the illustration isn't really even necessary to get a feel for the character right all right man why don't you take us off into the radio drama origins okay so on september 26 of 1937 uh the Shadow Radio Drama, a new radio series based on the character as created by Walter Gibson for the pulp magazine premiered with the story The Death House Rescue, in which the shadow was characterized as having, quote, the power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him, unquote. As in the magazine stories, the shadow was not given the literal ability to become a shadow, more so just the ability to uh, make people unaware of his presence. Right. They kind of like describe it as in terms of like hypnotizing Mm -hmm. in a way where it's like, you know, he he distracts their minds so they see everything but him. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, distinctly different than actually becoming invisible. Right. Uh, The shadow was voiced by then 22 year old Orson Welles starring as Lamont Cranston. Once the Shadow joined Mutual Broadcasting System as a half-hour series on Sunday evenings, the program was broadcast by Mutual until December 26th of 1954. Um, Wells did not actually speak the signature line, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Instead, uh, Redick did, using a water glass next to his mouth for an echo effect. <clears throat> which, I, which is like such a cool little side note where... You know, back in the day, they didn't have sound effects. They had mm-hmm. to they had to do what they could to make the sound that they wanted. And this would be 
a water glass like what right yeah you kind of had to use what you had and and in the the heyday of radio dramas there was little to no uh post-production either it was all done on the fly well i guess i mean a lot of the stuff was live anyway so there couldn't be any post-production um right and so yeah you had to use what you had and it had you had to be spot on on the first try (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just want to be I wanted to be there in the room when I first heard the when you hear uh, an episode and he actually drops the water glass when he tries to talk to it and then the whole thing just like tumbles down a, there was a, a terrible terrible kind of a side note that I, I completely forgot about this when we were talking about radio shows beforehand um, there was for whatever reason in school we had uh, we were working on a project as a class where we had to uh, read and produce uh, a radio drama. And no way. At the time, the teacher, the teacher's husband was amateur musician kind of stuff, so he had some some fairly good audio equipment that we okay. were used to record. And so we had uh, different people were grouped uh, as different characters, and then there was like a sound effects department, basically a, a group of students. Um, that were tasked with, you know, in like a week leading up to it, we had, we had the script and we had to, uh, find all this, the different sound effects and stuff that we had to do. And then we had to go around and find, uh, basically kind of everyday things that we could think to use as those sound effects. And then we had to, you know, live during, I mean, it was being recorded, but as, as during the recording, we had to, uh, time up and do all the sound effects according to the script and right basically as close as we possibly could we were trying to emulate uh, an old radio drama series and uh, it was a lot of fun that's actually really really cool mm-hmm. like that's amazing that you had that opportunity to yeah, do that yeah and i i don't have no idea how that slipped my mind until just now um dude you, you should try and get that recording you know i want to know i, I want to know what ben sounded i like have it somewhere today. Do you really? Yep, I do. You should. We you, all you got should it. dig that up. <laughs> we all got it on a disc at the end of at the end of the project. So, oh my! God. I was not actually a character. To, I was part of the sound effects. But oh, okay. But we need to dig that up and and play that over the over the podcast. <laughs> I feel like a lot of listeners are going to like that. Yeah, I think I now That's that I think about stuff. it, it wasn't. We weren't reading rereading an old radio show. I think we did a radio. We kind of did a revamped version of the story, uh, Coraline. Oh, okay. And uh, Neat. that's what we, we kind of revamped it into a, kind of condensed it into a radio format. So, yeah, I'll see what I can do about finding that. That'd be really fun to play. I love it. And then we need to make sure that we point out like, oh, hey, that was Ben's like sound effect <laughs> um, that wow, he did. Wow, I don't know? remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> all the good ones. All the good ones are mine. Right. Yeah. Um, not the one that just screwed up in the corner. Right. That wasn't me. That definitely M- was not Mr. Q. <laughs> um, the introduction from the radio uh, from the shadow radio program. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows spoken by actor Frank Redick uh, has earned a place in the American idiom. Um, these words were accompanied by an ominous laugh and musical theme, just like listeners would have experienced in the beginning of this episode. Heck yeah, because we're professional as heck. <laughs> so that's one way of saying it. It's really cool. <laughs> it was really interesting just trying to find that sound bit because depending on the era, 
of uh, the shadow. It, it, like the whole intro kind of changed a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of maybe not like the words per se, but you know how the laughs were implemented in between. Mm-hmm. Like in, in this one, like laughs started and then it talked about like what evil lurks in the hearts of men. But sometimes it'll start with what evil lurks in the hearts of men and then it'll start laughing and then, you know, it, it changes every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was pretty interesting. Obviously I picked the one that was coolest. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you going to take us forward into the character? Nope, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> no, wait, wait. <laughs> you like you do not hesitate. You're like, fine, no worries. I can I can carry this. I love it. Um, okay, moving on to uh, the section that we titled the character. Um, so this is where we focus on just who the character was um, as the shadow. So the shadow was an invisible Avenger who had learned while, quote, traveling through the Orient, quote, end quote, um, the, the mysterious power to cloud men's minds they, so they could not see him. Um, this feature of the character was born out of actually necessity. This is actually a really, really cool thing um, in terms of like how the character changes based on what medium that they were portraying him in. So uh, time constraints of the 1930s radio made it difficult to actually explain to listeners where the shadow was hiding and how he was remaining concealed the entire time throughout the episode. Thus, the character was given the power to escape human sight. Voice effects were added to suggest the shadow's seeming uh, seeming omnipresence, and to explain this power, the shadow was described as a master of hypnotism. So it's kind of cool how they had to like portray the shadow as having this power because the radio couldn't deliver what he actually did. You know what I mean? So they were like, okay, so we're gonna have to just make him do this and go with it. I love that. That actually like that that's really cool. That's such a good idea though. You know, rather than just it having is. this omniscient character that just somehow magically doesn't get seen by everybody, you know, and and create that question and that that uh that gap in in the plot, they, you know, took just a little bit of time and explained the process in which he uses and then you never have to cover it again. Right. Absolutely. And then obviously people will keep on returning and right. just be like, okay, yeah, we know what's happening here. <laughs> but it's also cool about this, the kind of effect that they use on his noise that, that it sounds like he's everywhere, you know, he's everywhere in the room mm-hmm. at one time, which makes it, you know, seem like obviously he's to the characters, like to, to the characters that aren't the shadow, he's everywhere. Right. So that's kind of cool. Um, so the Shadow's real name is Kent Allard, and he was a famed aviator who fought for the French during the World War I. Uh, while the Shadow held many different disguises when depicted in pulps and comic books, in the radio drama specifically, his secret identity was dropped for simplicity's sake, kind of like in terms of time constraints and all that, explaining everything of what the Shadow was doing was kind of hard. So on the radio, the Shadow was only Lamont Cranston, a wealthy young man about town, and he had no other aliases or disguises. So he was either the Shadow or Lamont Lamont Cranston um, in the flesh. So kind of like Superman, Clark Kent, turns into Superman whenever he wants to. With with, kind of, with rugged good looks, right? right. And it's it just like one of those things it talked about is uh, his uh, look before with, with with the scarf, and it's probably one of those things where it's just like a, a super subtle change, and now no one like 
no one can possibly recognize him. Like all he's got to do is like pull that scarf up just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Oh no, who's this? <laughs> this masked Avenger. <laughs> is it a bird? Is it a plane? Yeah, it's the shadow. Yeah, you know Clark Kent had dumb. his glasses, and you know Batman only had half of his face covered. Yeah, I know, right, yeah. right. But but he did change his voice, so that really threw people off. Oh, that's true. That makes all the difference. <laughs> so really, if you and I want to become a different person, we just have to change our voices. Yep. Yeah. I mean, people can't. I mean, every, I mean, everybody knows no one has a face for radio anyway. So you can't. You know, that's that's kind of why Whoa. we're hiding behind the mics here. Um. We're moving on <laughs> uh, through initially. <laughs> Uh, through 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 initially, I don't know. I should probably like do a refute to that, but I'm just you know, just moving on, taking the punches. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Though initially wanted by the police, the shadow also works with and through them, notably gleaning information from his many chats with police commissioners Ralph Weston and Wainwright Barth, <laughs> while at the Cobalt Club. The latter is also Cranston's uncle. So it's kind of cool how he's like has he has this double life with you know these people where they kind of know him as Lamont Cranston, but they also know him as the Shadow, but they they can't fit two and two together. Let alone Cranston's uncle Wainwright Barth. Like that's that's kind of cool mm-hmm. because obviously the audience knows everything, so <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> look at us, look at us geeking out. <laughs> look at us, hey, look who, at us. Who'd have thought? Yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> Not me. Uh, I have a feeling the entire audience has no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) What's up next? (laughs) So moving on to um, actors and allies. Uh, After Wells departed the show in 1938, Bill Johnstone uh, was chosen to replace him and voice the characters for five seasons. Following Johnstone's departure, The Shadow was portrayed by such actors as Brett Morrison who actually had the longest tenure with 10 years total in two separate runs, John Archer and Stephen Courtley. Uh, and these actors were actually rarely credited for their their work on the, <clears throat> on the series. The radio drama also introduced female characters into the Shadows realm, most notably Margot Lane, played by Agnes Moorhead, among others, as Cranston's love interest, crime-solving partner, and the only person who actually knows the true identity of the Shadow. <clears throat> do, do, do. <laughs> Four years later, the character was introduced into pulp novels. Her sudden, unexplained appearance in the pulps annoyed readers and generated a flurry of hate mail printed on the Shadow Magazine's <laughs> letters page. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. I don't know. Like getting <clears throat> getting hate mail is one of those things like like holy cow people were so outraged by uh by a, either a change in the plot or something like this where a character just suddenly appears um but I was just thinking on the other hand like if you're getting hate mail like like you know people people are so into your work that like they care to write hate mail Right. Like, yeah, I, I wish yeah they're we taking got the time mail. and they read every. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sounds bad, but if you think about it, hate mail is good because oh it means God. people listen and they're like paying attention. 
I love it. If you have hate mail, you can email us at youngnostalgiapod <laughs> at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we will read it live on the air yep. Pull no uh, in the next episode. <laughs> Hold no punches. Even if you agree with Ben that I have a face for the radio, we'd love to hear it. Give us an email, youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. But no, I'm, t- I'm absolutely totally with you because they're taking the time to read every single uh, uh you know, magazine or comic, you know, especially from the beginning, because if they were diehard fans, they would know where the series was at. Mm-hmm. And when they see a change, obviously upset them. So they've been there a long time. Um, and, and, you know, the, you know, they're going to continue to read it because they want to see if their hate mail actually did anything. So either way, it's <laughs> right. a win win. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know, well, you, you know, got I, your, I got to buy the next series. You know, you have your audience just locked in when you start getting hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, That's good. Moving on a little bit, Lane was described as Cranston's friend and companion in later episodes, although the exact nature of their relationship was still unclear. Uh, She is described as being telepathic and hence aware of, but specifically immune to, the Shadow's abilities. Did she learn this while traveling through the Orient as well? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They actually crossed paths. Uh. The name itself was originally inspired by Margot Stevenson, the Broadway, uh, the Broadway (laughs) ingenue, wow, I just totally spaced, uh, who would later be chosen to voice Lane's opposite Wells, The Shadow, during the 1938 Goodrich summer season of the radio drama. That was kind of a mouthful. That was a, a yes, that was a mouthful. <laughs> uh, basically just talking about how the name itself was based off of Margot Stevenson. Right. Yep. I love it. <laughs> we said all that when we could have just said Margot Lane was based off of Margot Steven. Yep. That's <laughs> all it took. <laughs> People got the the same amount of information either way. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna take over physical media adaptations all right do it. let's do it i must have forgotten to bold it because usually we know when it's separated by a bold yeah that we switch off and on but yeah. i for- totally forgot to bold this. i got you thank you okay now i know <laughs> i can do something i also spelled adaptations wrong wow beautiful this is great. <laughs> love oh my god! Proofreading and fixing mistakes in the show prep <laughs> while recording the show. <laughs> uh, re- let the record state that I did show prep for this one. <laughs> so this is true. Oops. I think a while back I did some show prep and there was some mistakes in there too, and you didn't let me live it down. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Um, I love it. You're great. Uh, in 1968, Metro Records' Leo the Lion label released an LP titled The Official Adventures of the Shadow with two original 15-minute radio-style productions written by John Fleming. The computer calculates, but the shadow knows, and Air Freight... Uh, Fracas? Fra- Fracas. Fracas. Anyway, but that's super cool that they actually printed LPs with... The Shadow Adventures. Like, that's amazing. I mean, when you were over, I showed you and Kyle um, an LP that I picked up just a couple weeks ago, but it was a pressing of a Spider-Man comic book. Mm -hmm. And on each end was a full comic or like a full story. Um, And then 
in the LP sleeve was actually the comic book itself. So you could like read along and look at the pictures while the LP was spinning. And they even have like a little like ding when you have to turn the page on the comic book, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But this is what this kind of reminds me of. I don't think it really comes with like a comic book per se, but it was just a fully voice acted uh, with sound effects adventure of the shadow on an LP for people to listen to over and over again and revisit the world of the shadow. I think that is some of the coolest things. And honestly, if I ever found that on the shelves, I would definitely pick that up. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I, I was just going to say how, how cool that is. And I, I just wonder how many are out there and what, you know how how uh, easy it would be to get our hands on something like that, um, right? Well, here you keep on talking, and I'm going to search eBay quick. So, so what's going to uh, happen is I'll keep go. on talking, and then <laughs> no one's going to be looking on eBay. And then when I'm done with the next section of the show, he'll chime in with the exact same, <laughs> the exact same thing I was talking about. <laughs> Are you calling uh, homage to our last uh, couple of episodes ago when I accidentally just didn't listen to you absolutely at all? Yeah, yeah, and said exact word for word what I was talking about. Well, here we go, <laughs> man. There fun. is some on there's <laughs> there's some on eBay. The Shadow lot of two LPs, spoken word radio broadcast, uh, eighteen bucks. Not five dollars shipping. At all. Not that, no for two of them. Not not too bad. The uh, the cover art's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this one, Vintage The Shadow Magazine, Volume 2 from 77, Sealed Vinyl LP, Chill of Death, 12 bucks for that one. Hmm. So, Not too it bad. It seems like you also get like the magazine along with the LP. So that's that's pretty cool. All right, I'm a fan. Maybe we should just... <laughs> you going to throw that in the cart? Do that. The eBay cart? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw that in the cart. I love it. Okay. That's actually really cool. Um, so back to business. Brett Morrison, Grace Matthews, and Santos uh, Santos Ortega reprised their roles as Lamont Cranston, The Shadow, Margot Lane, and Commissioner Weston, uh, respectively. Ken Roberts also returned as the announcer uh, for these LPs back in 1968. <clears throat> Throughout the 1970s and the 1980s, several dozen more LPs were pressed um, in print for other record labels that featured recordings made from the original broadcast radio show dramas. So the first one back in 1968 by, by, by Metro Records was actually specifically recorded for that purpose. And then throughout the 70s and 80s, they pressed more vinyl from like past broadcasts of a show. So they would just take the audio from that original broadcast and then press it onto the LP. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for the 1968 Metro Records one, um, those stories are called The Computer Calculates But the Shadow Knows and Air Freight Fracas. So if you're looking for those kind of cool collectors items, check those out, which is awesome. Definitely going to be stuff. on my radar to look for in the future. Right. I'm with you. Okay. I'm going to search on eBay again. <laughs> I want to actually search for search search for that. Uh, the okay, what is that? The computer. <laughs> this oh my is god! Riveting podcast here. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> help me out! Help me out! Yeah, the computer calculates, but the shadow knows. Computer calculates, but the shadow knows. Calculates, but the shadow. <laughs> stalling, <knows>. stalling, stalling, stalling. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Never mind. Okay. It's not on there. <laughs> not Can't on find there. it. Okay. Oh boy. Not on there. All right. Let's, so let's move on. Moving forward it. into <laughs> the modern day influence influences. Uh, it's said that the shadow character helped influence Bob Crane, or I'm sorry, Bob Kane, uh, and Bill. Bill. Wow. <clears throat> it's said that the shadow character helped influence Bob Kane and Bill Finger's first developed ideas for Batman. Uh, additionally, characters such as Batman resemble Lamont Cranston's alter ego. Decades later, noted comic book writers Dennis O'Neill would have Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I messed that up. Decades okay. later, the noted comic book writers Dennis O'Neill would have <laughs> Batman and the Shadow meet in Batman number 253, which is that super so cool. so funny. Was... Like, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail you. Yeah. No, but it was just funny, like your influential, like it, like the way you said it, you didn't realize what was about to happen. So you like stopped. <laughs> Would have like, Batman? Like Den- Dennis O'Neill would have Batman. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, boy. go on. No, but what, that's what super cool that there was uh, kind of a crossover uh, issue of the two. I was not aware of that. Um, to be honest, I, I actually wasn't, before the before this show, I wasn't aware that the shadow... Um, was popular in other mediums in general. Like I knew of the radio show, and oh yeah, that's that's about it. That's where I knew it from. Um, and I think it's super cool that not only did it was it so popular in other mediums, well, it actually started in other mediums, that um, it actually bled over into other series in general. Right, because I mean, the radio drama kind of came after the whole pulps, magazines, and comic kind of stuff, right. anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cool to see that they even did like feature film adaptation, especially like the Alec Baldwin one in the mid '90s. And it was it was pretty cool too that they actually <laughs> put into into development and actually finished the development of an SNES game <laughs> based on the Shadow. What's so funny? I, the, oh, the the I'm sorry the the Super Nintendo game based on the Shadow. I mean, is super cool, but it's I don't know. There's something about Alec Baldwin in 1994. Oh, okay. You can't. You <laughs> I just, just can't. I can't handle can't. it. Like, <laughs> why? I don't know. I mean, Alec Baldwin, I just, for some reason, I have a hard time taking him seriously anyway. I know, because he, he is just a funny, goofy guy. Yeah. He just, I, I don't know. In He's... Quite, he's quite a character in real life. I'll leave it at that. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know. It was just funny. And, but I wasn't even aware of this, you know, in 1990, I, I've never even heard of this movie at all. Right. I mean, I mean, if, if it's any kind of, you know, solace a little bit, uh, the movie did not do well, so they did not release the video game, but it is on a ROM out there that you could download from the internet if you so choose. I'm going to have to download play as it. Alec Baldwin. I'm going to have to yes. download it for my uh, SNES emulator and just give it a try to oh see what, what it's you all should. about. You should. You <laughs> should. And then report back. I love it. Yeah. Maybe that's why we've stuff. never heard of this movie because it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so wrapping up on the last of the uh, the points in the influences section, uh, Alan Moore has credited the Shadow as one of the key influences for the creation of V, the title character in his DC Comics miniseries, V for Vendetta. 
Uh, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Then they even made obviously a, a pretty popular uh, movie, mm-hmm. v, for, v for Vendetta, as well. Yes, so, I have not personally cool. seen it, but I, you know, I hear a lot of things. I heard a lot of good things about it. Same here. Haven't seen it. I'm in your boat as well, but <laughs> I haven't seen it. But people say Look it's good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag would recommend. Check it out. Um, a quick little side note too. Uh, I know that you played a little bit of Fallout Four, the game that came back came out about four years ago. Yes. Um, for video game consoles, but they actually did like a small like side quest segment that um, actually kind of influence what it took from the shadow um and it's called the silver shroud and actually like you get the quest by listening to the radio in the game and there's like a radio drama of the silver shroud and then you can actually go and then you fight crime and all this other stuff and then you get the silver shrouded um outfit and it has like the wide brim fedora with a trench coat and a scarf and it's kind of cool to kind of see that hmm. that uh, influence but they also like took the time to make a radio drama in a game taken directly from the influence of the shadow that's, so that's kind of that's cool. super cool um you know for anyone out there not familiar with this particular game you know it's a it's a uh post it's an early 40s late 50s themed uh world that's like a post nuclear apocalypse kind of um uh setting but it's it's super uh what's what's the word i'm looking for we just did a show on it it's a a future futurism like retro futurism yeah that, that's the entire theme of of the game and so i i was unaware that that the the shadow had uh such an influence on one of the side missions that's really cool i i'm just so you know i'm exactly one percent <laughs> into the game <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. You've been pretty busy. Yeah. Um, uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Four years old it. and I've finished almost none of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember playing it quite a bit when we lived together because I think that's when I picked it up. Yeah. And you would always watch sometimes. Yeah, I think it so. had just come out and that's you got good it. Stuff. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, that was episode 78, all about the radio drama, The Shadow. Obviously, there's a lot more content that goes around with this. But, uh, you know, if you have any anecdotes of, you know, any radio dramas or anything like that, um, or if, you know, The Shadow is your favorite and you have some, or if you potentially have an LP, let us know. Give us an email at pod at gmail.com. We would love to see pictures and hear some anecdotes about, uh, you know, maybe how you connected with a radio drama in the past um, or what you do now with radio dramas, actually. So as always, we appreciate you being here with us and supporting the show as much as you do. It really, really means a ton. As always, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. We are out there. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review as well as scroll down. Take maybe about 15 seconds to 30 seconds and just let us know what you really like. What do you enjoy about the certain topics or the conversational format? It would mean a ton to see those reviews and make the show grow. Uh, Meets a ton. Ben, anything else, big guy? Well, I was just going to bring up, uh, I don't know why I haven't really ever noticed before, but it has come to my attention that some podcast hosting services out there don't necessarily allow an option for rating and reviews um oh okay so what i was going to say is you know that that's fine if that's your preferred app that you listen to or if that's your preferred uh website 
through the browser that you listen to, that's fine. Keep listening through that. But uh, we we do urge you to go over to Stitcher or something like that so that you can give a review. It is an option on other services if you don't see it available on yours. I know uh, uh, I am an avid user of Pocket Cast, and I know that it does not actually give an option to rate or review that I know of. So just throwing that out there, you know, it is an option on other services if it doesn't show right. up on yours. And, it, <laughs> and if you could just take the time to just go and you know, if you have this service before or, you know, if you have an iPhone or whatever, but you don't use Apple Podcasts, just, you know, log in quick to Apple uh, Apple Podcasts and just search Young Nostalgia. We'll right there at the top. Just give us a five-star review if you like what you hear. It would mean the absolute world. You guys rock. Uh, and I think that pretty much rounds us out. It does. Right. In fact, it I, does. I, I did not start the yeah no <laughs> I did not start <laughs> the theme song early enough, so we're gonna have to stall just a little bit. Get us back into the group things. <laughs> it's so good to be back, man. You rock. I miss you already. I wish you were I back. I know. I have to come back out there. Wait, well, yes. it's your turn to come here. Sooner now. rather than later. All right. I'll see you soon. I'm on my way. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week.